Okay, everyone, welcome to the show. I'm joined tonight by a very special guest, a man that knows all about accountability, uh, Steve Birkinshaw. Steve, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good, thanks. It's great to be here. Oh, no, it's, it's great to um, have you on. Um, let's just go straight into the meat and the bones. Um, 214 Wainwrights, still the re- uh, record holder. Um, how tough... And would you ever think about doing something like that again? Tough. Yeah, it was tough. Definitely the toughest thing I've ever done by a long way. So I've done um, long adventure races, three or four days continuous. I've done the Dragon's Back race, which is five long days. Yeah. This was like a, a stage more, a lot more. 50 miles a day, 5,000 meters of climb. So that's like four times up and down Ben Nevis every day. <laughs> plus two marathons. Wow. And yeah, it was tough. Um, there was, it was some hard times, definitely. Where, it took me a lot to get through that. Is this something that you always wanted to do? Or was it something that you sort of did a fell at a time and thought, oh, could I combine it? And then you, obviously, uh, Josh Naylor's um, record. Did you always know you were going to go for this? Or has it just become, a, has it just grown and grown and grown in time? As you say, it grew and grew in time. So I started off doing sort of orienteering when I was younger. And then I started doing fell races and then longer fell races. And the longer it was, the better I was getting. Yeah. And then I did longer and longer stuff. I did the thing like they call the Bob Graham Round, yeah. which is 60 odd miles. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to break the record for the most number of Lake District peaks in 24 hours. Didn't quite manage that. But then I thought this was the next stage up doing you know all the Wainwrights in under a week so I just thought yeah I'll give it a go see how I get on <laughs> but it was sort of a, a plan for two years I sort of thought that well, I'll go and do it and then I sort of spent two years sort of wow. I guess getting everything sorted so the planning process was two years long and, and did that involve um what what did that involve obviously you're quite an accomplished map reader and orienteer so the navigation side of it I take it was was that maybe one of the easiest parts or was it quite hard in picking where you were going to go on, on your route to get the win right yeah. in the most uh, effective time? Exactly. It was looking at the map, um, working out what I thought were the best route and then going out and trying some of the bells I'd never been up before, okay. trying ways off them, um, finding the best lines. And then the last six months, it was organising a huge support team to come and help me. <sighs> I need like 50 people on the hill, bells with me, another 20 sort of road support wow. and organising those. That, that is unbelievable. So at any one time during your um, epic adventure, because that's what it is, um, you had that many people sort of supporting you. Wow, that's... Um... I had, they weren't all there at one time. So they had about three, on every, three or four on every section. So it was 24 sections. Right. But so. Sort of, so someone came in for a section or a couple of sections and then went away again. And then they might come back a couple of days later and help me again. But in total, there were 50 different people. Oh, of course, there was 50 uh, during the whole thing. But wow. Did you yeah. ever have anyone to sort of, to, to, did you have people come and run with you to sort of break up the monotony? Or, or did, was it just a solo attempt? As in you were just so, out there, and apart from people obviously being safety? Yeah, no, people with me all the time. And they were sort of, helping me so they were carrying all my kit for me oh, okay. um, all my food all my drink um, 
some most when I got after two or three days, I got a bit sort of um, well ac- exhausted, knackered, couldn't really think very straight. So wow. they were sort of showing me the way as well. Wow. So although I know the fells really well, yeah, yeah. it was you know they were making sure I was going the right way and stuff. So it was a massive, basically a team effort. It wasn't just me. It yeah. was like a team getting me around. It it takes it takes so much, doesn't it, to achieve something like you've achieved and all of those sort of different people and helping you out. It's it's amazing what the human body is capable of. Um, what was sort of going up to the to the challenge? Where, where was your mind at? What was the mindset? How do you prepare for something like this? I think the preparation is knowledge. I've done something similar in the past. Mm. So I've done all these long stuff before. Yeah. I know that if I start suffering, you just have to carry on through it. You know, you can get sort of get some more food and drink down and I'll start feeling okay again. And mm. knowing that, you know, it's just anything that hurts is normally temporary <laughs> and you can get better again. Although in this case, it didn't work like that because I got <laughs> massive blisters and they just got worse and worse. Wow. <laughs> But, so yeah, it's, it's so predominantly it's the ability to endure is is that's one of the key elements, isn't it? Like your physical fitness and your mindset is one thing, but um, the ability to endure. You'd said about blisters. Is that just down to the sheer length of time that you're on your feet, or um, I know you had good, obviously good foot admin, and, and you had good running, fell running shoes and stuff. Is it just literally the case of the nature of the monster? Yeah, exactly. It was the first two days were really hot and my feet got all oh. sweaty and soft. And then as you say, 20 hours on a day, uh, you don't get a chance to recover. So as no. soon as you get one blister, it's never going to get better. It's just going to get worse and worse. And it was just like managing it. We were changing shoes and socks all the time. So they were dry, putting loads of stuff on to try and stop any infection. Wow. But yeah, it was just managing it. And as you say, it's... There's two points to, to doing something like that. There's the physical side, being strong enough to run for that length of time. Mm. But there's the mental strength. Um, and I guess you need to have both. You need to have that physical ability to move fast. And, and also the toughness. Yeah, what do you think? Um, obviously, my background is the forces, and I've had some sort of um, robust times in my time that sort of helped me become the man I am. What would you put... People ask me sometimes, how do you become mentally tougher? And, and the sort of answer is you just have to get, for me, you have to just get, you have to push that extra mile, don't you? You know, when you think I'm going to run 10 miles, but really you think, well, I'll say I'll run 10, but really I'm going to run 12. And that sort of builds a bit of mental sort of resilience. What, what have you sort of done to get to become this sort of ultra mentally tough human being? What, what is, what has forged it? It's a, Tricky question, that. Mm. I think I was always born to right. be a bit sort of um, awkward, tricky. Um, I was a tricky child to look after because I was <laughs> just determined to do my own thing. Um, yeah. And I think I set myself a challenge then and said, right, I'm going to do it. Right. Whatever, whatever gets in my way, I'm going to do it. So, you know, that's how I sort of focus. I think, right, I'm going to do it. I don't, not, nothing's going to stop me. Wow. Um, no, it, it, so it's, no, no. It's an interesting one. It's it's um, it's accountability, isn't it? It's it's that it's setting out and saying I'm going to achieve this, and I know I'm going to end up in a dark place. However, I've been there before, 
um, and I quite liked it. And I'm going to stay there for just a little bit longer this time. Um, <laughs> and so, so let's talk about, so day one, um, you, you're there on the start line. What, what sort of, like, what are you feeling? And uh, is there a strategy or is it just, I'm going to run and I'm going to see how I feel or is there any sort of game plan? It's literally run and see how I feel, <laughs> run on feel rather than, you know, times in particular. Yeah. So just sort of, and make sure that getting, you know, fed and getting drink down me uh, and just trying to keep calm and relaxed. I mean, I was like the first day I was like, you know, beforehand I was scared, yeah. worried oh. that what's going to happen. But uh, just sort of keep relaxed, calm and and keep, Move. once you started it's almost easier because all you've got to do is keep moving yeah all the all the stress and hassle's gone it's just a matter of moving one step forward at a time so the, so the worst part must be the night before is it so you sort of have a i don't know um maybe do you have like a pre-race sort of ritual where you have a certain meal or you do a certain thing or or, or you've got like a certain routine you, you sort of strike me as a guy that has a routine that has that does things in, in sort of order yeah, I'm a bit more haphazard than that. Right. I try to be ordered, but I'm a bit more random. <laughs> but it's quite easy. Before the Wayne Rise, it wasn't too bad because I was at home. It's always better to sleep in your own mm-hmm. bed because you can relax. Yeah. And, um, and really just trying to stay calm, you know, just eat, drink. Yeah, just say, right, I'll do my best, whatever happens. It doesn't matter. I'll do my best. And we'll see, we'll see how it goes. What... Um... What sort of meal uh, and nutrition advice would you give people who are sort of who want to go into this re- into this realm of long distance trail, fell, running? It seems to it seems to have just be, it just seems to be keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? Like it's it's certainly on the on the rise. And is there anything say before you did your event? What is it? What was the meal of choice? What is the what is the way and right meal of choice before you set off? <laughs> <laughs> It's basically before I set off, I just try to eat normal food. Um, And actually on it, I find that, um, say, a two or three hour fell race, I can eat lots of gels and stuff and sweet stuff. But if it's longer than that, longer than four or five hours, then I need to eat savory food. Just eating sweet stuff just doesn't work with me. Yeah, okay. Uh, And I think that's the same with a lot of people. So um, actually on the Wainwrights, I met the camper van every four or five hours. I had this camper van that came yep. to the road crossings cool. and they had a normal food for me. So whatever it was, I had soup and bread or when they had pizza, another day I had onion barges. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just normal food. Um, for breakfast, I had, you know, I'd have like two hours sleep at night or two or three hours sleep. And then wow. in the morning I'd have breakfast and I pretend it was the start of a normal day. So I'd have wow. like porridge. And yeah. banana for breakfast because that's what I always have. What's what's two hours of sleep like for that period of time? How, it, you, you, it, that must be. I mean, that's another level, isn't it? And what, what do they say? Six hours a night? Do they recommend six hours? The human body sort of, you know, is good on yeah. six hours, but two. Wow, that, that's a dark place, especially with expending all that calorie burn and all the sort of energy that goes into what you're doing as well. You must have been. You must yeah. have been in a dark place there. That was like the first night I didn't get any sleep because everything hurt too much. Oh, wow. And then the second night, almost nothing. <laughs> and then the third night, 
I then slept really well because I was just so tired. I was actually getting a little bit more, probably three or four wow. by those points. Um, but I was okay while I was moving. Yeah. But then in the afternoon, every afternoon, I'd have this really bad dip. Really? And I just couldn't stay awake. I just sort of had to have like 10 minute power nap. I just lay on top of a fell and just say, right, I've, got to, I've got to go to sleep for 10 minutes here. I can't stay awake. And you know, we're talking to me, pouring water over yeah. me, nothing would work. Wow. I just said, right, you've got to, got to sleep. And, and 10 minutes you feel a lot better on. Yeah. And were you tracking, did you have any sort of like, now everyone sort of has a sports watch, don't they? Or a fitness tracker that sort of tracks calories or uh, VO2 max or sort of heart rate and blood pressure. Did you have anything like that? I'd be dead interested in the, sort of, if there's like a sort of scientific sort of like how much overall calories or energy you burned in that period of time. It must have been, it must have been unreal, a, a strain on your body that must have been just next level. Yeah, I didn't actually have anything like that, um, which probably should have done. We had a tracker so mm-hmm. that anyone in the world could see where I was at any point, which is yeah. great. Um, but nothing like nothing counting calories or anything or steps or anything like that. Wow, I mean, um, I suppose you but could you always say do... it'd be a lot of calories. Yeah, I suppose you could always do it again and get yourself a, a, a Garmin or something. <laughs> 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 well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's talk about that because you're the last time I saw you when we did um, Hallsfell Ridge, you were saying that you're helping train a guy now who's going to try and attempt to break your record. And I bet you he's wearing a flash, something like a new Sunto or a new Garmin sort of uh, tracker. So be interesting to see where he goes with that, actually, with the data. I bet it's going to be sort of pretty um, pretty intense. So how how is that going? Is that still on track? And are you still helping the guy um, try and beat your record? Yeah, I haven't heard much from him, but he's having a go on June the 14th and I'll be helping him on the first section. Oh, wow. So... Um, yeah, I'll be there doing the first four hours with him and hopefully he'll have a good shot and see how he gets on. Yeah, well, fair play for him for, for, for trying it. What's the, um, what, sorry, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name. What's the guy's name? So Paul Turney is, is doing it. Good, um, good luck, Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, he, you know he's, he's good enough, but there's yeah. so many things that can go wrong on that length of times. You know, the weather could be turned bad for a day or he could get a bad injury. So and you just don't know. Is June... Why June? Obviously, you know what's the what he's doing it in June. You did it in June. What? Why is June? What's so special about June? Is it just like a? Is that when we say that the weather in the Lake District is that it's more sort of stable? Is June? Is that the is that the time to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, part of my job I do look at weather. Um, and May, April, and May are actually a bit drier than June, mm-hmm. but then that's a bit less rain. But the, that, it, it dries out a bit. On, the foot in june yeah um and then obviously you're getting more daylight because you want to be have as much daylight as possible yeah it makes it a bit quicker longest yeah no yeah That's... so i was mostly sleeping at night but there was a couple, one night i spent i know i was out for four hours in the dark and it's just a bit that bit slower mm. you know you're losing five or ten minutes here and there just because you you're relying on sort of head torches rather than sort of sun as it were yeah no that's that's still interesting and um i'll i'll see if i can find a link for that because i'd be interested to see he'll probably and it's a testament to where we've come in technology um in the time period from you've done it to when he's doing it because obviously now he's probably wearing uh like i said a, 
a Sunto or a Garmin sort of thing, and it'll be all tracked, and you'll be able to watch him. Um, and it'd be dead interesting to see that. But yeah, I just thought I just noticed it there. Oh, June, I wonder if there's a, 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 yeah. a proper a proper reason for that. Um, and he's trying. He's going to try and beat you. Yeah, that's it's interesting. He's going to try and beat the record. Um, where do you think's the hardest point? Is there a particular fell where there's like a cluster of sort of uh, of of the mountains where you think oh, where you were dreading going to that point? Is there any way you think, oh no, I'm not a fan of this fell or this bit's particularly tricky or <laughs> you know, there's got to be, hasn't there? Bit... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I love being on the fells. They're all great. The bit yeah. I was dreading was there was a, a, a six, seven mile section of road. Oh, really? Uh, wow. On the end of the sixth day to a place called Binzi, which is the northern most. Yeah, Binzi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I was dreading running along that road for seven miles. Uh, and especially and, at the end of your challenge, when obviously fatigue is at its highest, that, that must have been a, a, a mentally tough um, because running on road is quite brutal on the body as well, isn't it? Even a it short is, yeah. We, yeah, and it was it was tough. I mean, you know, I was struggling. Well, I did manage to run most of it, but as soon as there was a climb, I was back into a, a fast speed walk rather than yeah, because it's I just bet. hard after that length of time. I mean, I suppose we can look at that because man uh, has been running um, sort of across the fells and across the wild since we since we evolved but road is relatively new isn't it so the body realistically probably hasn't adapted too well on running on such a hard surface and i think that's why a lot of people pick up a lot of injuries where um when we used to chase our food um we were probably quite averse at being um endurance athletes um so our bodies are probably geared up better to run across fell so you've probably reversed back a few evolutionary steps to being such a good uh, fell runner um, and you're seeing now don't you sort of big clumsy shoes and uh, and sort of extra padding I think somewhere along the way there in the science and the evolution our bodies are probably still maybe sort of catching up to that that's, uh, yeah that's a that's an interesting thing yeah um, no it is I, I mean I feel at home on the fells and definitely go for you know lightweight shoes and yeah you know, I'd, I'd be lucky not to be injured. I don't know for or be injured for a long time. So I don't know if that's because I don't run on the roads or maybe yeah. I'm just lucky. Who knows? I mean, I, I mean ge- geographically, obviously, where you where you're from and where you live, you are extremely lucky to sort of open the front door and then you, you're away, aren't you? You know, you you sort of you you're in the fells, um, and that's 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 brilliant for you. I mean, some people obviously. Um, I watched the London Marathon and I was trying to work out. Do you watch the marathon? Are you into sort of the marathon series or? Uh, I watch bits of it. Um, it's interesting to see. I mean, these top guys are so fast; they're amazing. You know, yeah. the speed they keep going. Yeah, that sort of length of time. It's just, it just makes you think, doesn't it? But I wonder, I wonder what the transition would be like. Do you know what I mean? Who who could transition easier, you to them or them to you? What's what's your sort of take on that? I'm sure they could transition to being ultra runners much yeah. quicker than I could. <laughs> I could never run at that speed. I'm not really? got the build for it. Right, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much wide. they weigh. They are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and the women as well. And and there's a big surge at the moment, isn't there, in sort of women making great leaps and bounds um, into sort of trail and fell running 
stuff. Um, it's it's a, it's coming on leaps and bounds. Um, and the lady that won the Montaigne Spine, whose name has Jasmine Paris, um, yeah. who got away from us for a minute there. What what's your take on that? Do you think it's a different animal from what you're doing, or similar similar discipline the mindset? Spine, the spine race is similar, um, except it's by yourself mm-hmm. and it's a winter, so you're looking at sixteen hours in the dark. So you need to be even mentally tougher, yeah, um, and cope with that bad weather. And, and Jasmine's great. I know Jasmine quite well. Oh, she's, okay. she's really nice. Yeah, really nice. Um, and amazingly tough. Yeah. And you know, I don't know whether women might have any advantage over longer distances. They seem to, when I did adventure races in the past, they seem to cope better with lack of sleep than the men. Oh, so that's interesting. I used to do these four day adventure races, teams of four. The yeah. first day the women were often at the back by the fourth day, they were normally much more coherent can navigate and leading. So wow. they seem to maybe cope a bit better with the lack of sleep. Don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose naturally women um, sort of uh, a smaller builds, aren't they? So obviously, if you're really sort of cardiovascularly strong, you're carrying a lighter frame and your your body's more efficient. Where if a man's got a bit more muscle mass, uh, being muscly won't help you carrying that over 30, 40 miles. Will it? It'll be a hindrance because that muscle needs oxygen, and that's definitely something that's uh, at them sort of distances. The fatigue is. Uh, is a big issue, but yeah, she's, you know, it's for me, I think, um, sort of going on to sort of the social media side of it. Um, I had to really, really sort of research Jasmine Paris to find out sort of any sort of concrete sort of information on her. And I definitely feel like, uh, women like herself and Fiona Rokes should definitely come more to the forefront because I think they'd be great role models for people, especially young girls coming up, um, in a world that's, obsessed with image um about no these are the real sort of role models do you know what i mean what these women do or what they have done and what they can do is it is almost a superpower you know we're obsessed with marvel and dc well being able to run these sorts of distances like yourself is is a genuine superpower in my in my eyes what's your what's your take on um sort of social media steve and 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 sort of all that sort of stuff what's how do you feel it works well with uh, running and branding and all that. Have you got any sort of take on yeah. that? I mean, social media is great um, and it's great to keep in contact with people that, you know, you might not be nearby, but you can sort of see what's going on and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I spend probably too long looking at see stuff, seeing what's going on. Um, yeah. I much prefer actually or be better to be going out running rather than looking at my whole time doing that. Mm. But you know, it's it's the nature of the beast. You have to do. Yeah. I for me, I have to do some social media stuff because you know it's hopefully people inspired by what I do. And if I put some stuff out, then they might appreciate that. And I think well, it's the same with someone like Jasmine. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and and obviously, obviously, I've been promoting that you've been coming on the show all week, and people have been messaging me saying, "Oh, wow." Um, unbelievable i've read his book and and what he did was unreal and and da, 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 and this that and the other and it's it's um yeah it's definitely something that i, I i'm interested in and i wonder 
when the new generation of fell runners and, and trail runners come up and they're more sort of comfortable with social media because they're going to grow up with it from an early age, I wonder where it will go within the sport. Do you know, like sort of taking Instagram photos at certain checkpoints and sort of all that sort of stuff. I know some good fell runners on Instagram and they're really sort of um, grasping it with both hands, you know, promoting their brands, whether it be Solomon or whoever, they, whatever they're wearing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting where, where it's going to go, but I'd like to sort of probably look at that a little bit more. Um, are you involved this year or any sort of festivals coming up in the, in the area, in the Lakeland area, or are you going on any, any sort of little tour? Um, I'm helping at the Keswick Mountain Festival. Yeah. So I'm doing a talk on the Saturday evening there. And my, one of my main things I do a lot is, is orienteering. Yeah. Um, and we've got a little sort of orienteering maze that I'm putting on for a couple of days there. So oh, brilliant. I'm volunteering. You know, I'm a volunteer there. I just go back and help people and try and encourage kids into the sport. Oh, that, well, that's, that's brilliant. Um, the Keswick Mountain Festival, uh, pl- plug that. When's, when is that kicking off, Stephen? Um, so that's ooh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. Brilliant. And you're doing an orienteering uh, stand? Just a little maze. So it's like, oh, a, brilliant. That's awesome. it's like a 20 by 20 meter sort of maze with a few controls in. And yeah. it only takes a minute to get around, but it's, yeah, yeah. you have to quickly navigate your well around this maze as quickly as possible to try and find the controls. And it's, it's, quite a, it's a fun little thing to do. And the kids seem to love it. No, that's, that's, that's brilliant. Um, Orienteering is is great. Um, I'd like to see more of it. In fact, I'd like to see more people map and compass. Um, I'm a fan of technology, but I feel like, and I wonder, I'd like your take on this. Too many people put trust into gadgets. Um, where are you? Are you sort of more like me, a bit sort of map and compass man? And then obviously maybe a phone with um, View Ranger or OS on it or something like that in your back pocket or... Have you really that's gone a, for the whole GPS game? No, that's exactly me. Map and compass with, yeah. with the phone and the, as you say, the, the map in the back pocket. And when I help people in the middle of the night doing some of these things like Bob Graham rounds, mm. I, I do have the GPS out with me yeah, yeah. Just, just to help them. But, you know, out of preference is always map and compass. Yeah, um, it's sort of, um, it's interesting because when I... Th- he just had a little adventure, didn't he? He didn't have GPS or um, any yeah. sort of gadgets. So I wonder, it's a shame. I wonder how he got on. I, I bet he got lost a few times. He must have. He must have sort of got himself into a few predicaments. But <laughs> that's all part. I, I think the problem now, Stephen, is a, a lot of people, they're afraid of a bit of a criticism or they're afraid to say, oh, well, I went there, but I got a bit lost. And no one wants to be like, oh, well, you got lost. Like, I openly admit, like, Getting getting navigationally embarrassed is part of the game. Do you know what I mean? That's what you call it. That's what we used to call it in the army. It's just, it's part of the adventure, isn't it? You know, like have the ability to say, okay, I think I've gone wrong here. Map out, right? Let's work it out. Okay, we're here. Brilliant. Let's go again. Um, but it seems to be that we need to be perfect all the time as human beings, and that's just not not how it is. I'd like to sort of see more. Uh, navigation taught in schools I, I don't know why it's not taught i think it's it's almost like it's a fundamental skill to to be able to read a map i i don't know what's what's your take on it i'm sure you'd be happy to take some people out navigating yeah i i think it's a key skill definitely and 
a lot of people, you know, who I know that you'd think would be quite happy running in the fells when the clag's in, yeah. get really scared. And you think, why? You know, yeah. these are people that can navigate. They just don't have the, the confidence, maybe. As you say, maybe the, they get, they're worried about getting slightly lost. Yeah. But they need to know ways off the fell if it gets bad or yeah. you, know, you need to have that confidence to know how to cope with the bad weather yeah and they don't seem to have that sometimes so it's, it's interesting how does um when you did the bob graham how, how did you find the bob graham as a competition and what do you think of recently of what's gone on with the bob graham with killian Janet just absolutely you know just laying down an absolute marker for which will probably be there for a while <laughs> yeah i mean I did it, what was that, 14 years ago? Yeah. And at the time, it was like fifth fastest time, just about 17 hours. Yeah. Um, but then I could see more and more people doing it. It's getting a bit faster. So there's a few sort of places where you used to have to navigate. There's now sort of trods up through, the, through it. So it's got a bit faster. Yeah. And then, as you say, Killian came along <laughs> last summer. I, I was helping him on the fourth leg. He thought he'd slow down by then, but he still managed to run away from me. He was amazing. Wow. He's just a, such a, a great athlete and a nice guy as well. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's a record that will last a while, that's for sure. Um, you never know. People can beat these things. Someone else even better might come along, but I don't know anyone at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, it's unbelievable. And do you think it's his... His background, his upbringing, his genetics. What what's, do you think's made him just to got that ability to just absolutely go to, you know, a few levels higher than anyone else at the moment? I think he's got everything. He's got the background. He's got the genetics. He trains really hard. Yeah. And he also <laughs> pushes it to the limit as well. Yeah. I mean, when he finished Bob Graham, he was, you know, at the limit. Um, yeah last couple of hours and he and he pushed it um that hard even though he was going to beat it by an hour he still pushed it so he's got all everything you know as well as genetics he's got the mental attitude to push it and to to so he's got everything going in his favor in that respect out of everything you've all the other sort of races that you've done byron obviously your um wainwright record where does the bob graham sort of rank in events that are tough really tough it's tough um but it's you know it's probably less tough than some of the other things right it's tough because it's um it's one of, it's up there it's up there in the top four or five that's probably yeah. it but you know things like the dragon's back race is probably a bit harder the wayne rights is obviously harder yeah some of these adventure races i've done are probably harder but it, you know it's it's a tough tough day out it's you know anyone that can achieve that <laughs> is a is an amazing athlete. Yeah, it's it's it is a fascinating um it is a fascinating event that definitely. Um yeah. I was reading um good old sort of Wikipedia, I was doing a bit of research and um after your record breaking um run, uh chronic fatigue syndrome. Um for those who don't know, do you want to explain to people what it is? I've been doing I'm sort of fascinated by this. I know someone else who's who's suffering with it and it's such a bizarre sort of illness it is bizarre and it's probably slightly different for everyone yeah but for me it was just a complete and utter exhaustion yeah it's like waking up with a hangover the worst hangover ever but it just yeah, doesn't yeah. go it's there for there for weeks months um 
So I just really would wake up and I couldn't work. I couldn't think straight. I just sort of baff around, dope around until I got to like middle of the afternoon and then I'd be able to do a bit of work. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd feel dizzy, feel like about to faint the whole time. And then I couldn't sleep. I was exhausted, but I couldn't sleep. Wow. Um, and I was also getting these strange heartbeats as well, which may be related. Um, really? Maybe not related. So and do you think it, it was... was... Do you blit? Well, do you think you put your body under that much stress when you did your um, Wainwright record that it, it came on after that? Yeah, I mean, I say that beforehand I felt fine. Yeah. Afterwards, I always felt a bit, I felt weird, it, but it wasn't immediate. I felt strange mm. and I felt, <clears throat> felt really tired, but then it took about a year before it to get actually really, oh, really? really bad. Wow. Yeah, so I was, the problem was I carried on training hard. Yeah. So instead of just letting my body recover properly, mm. I pushed it again and again. And yeah, later I was struggling really badly and couldn't run, barely run at all, run for 10 minutes. Wow, that's, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, some people yeah. sort of like who don't understand chronic fatigue, like say, oh, you can, um, you know, it's a fitness thing, but it's clearly not a fitness thing. It's, it's almost like your body just saying, we've gone we've gone to the, the dead battery point and we just haven't got anything left. And what have you done to sort of combat it? Have you changed your diet? Have you changed the way you've trained? Are you sleeping more? What, what do you think sort of brought you back round to into a better place? Yeah. So I started listening to my body was the yeah. first thing. So when I was feeling tired, <clears throat> instead of saying, right, I'll push it again, push it harder <laughs> and harder. I said, no, just listen to it. Listen to your body. Just take it easy. Mm. Um, and then I started living the perfect lifestyle. So I right. stopped drinking any alcohol. Okay. Got nine hours, nine hours sleep every night. Wow. Um, removed good. all sort of as much stress as I could for my life. <coughs> perfect, healthy life, healthy diet. And yeah. it came back gradually. Oh, came wow, back that's... over a couple of years. But it was a two. It was two or two years to really sort of get properly well again. Wow. And there's no. <coughs> Was there any, did you try any sort of like either medication sort of prescribed or any sort of, you know, you've read some sort of wives tales or was it literally just a case of uh, rest and recovery and lifestyle it's, change? I did read lots of stuff and I tried various things. I wasn't sure what worked and what didn't work because I tried lots of supplements and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure which helped, but... So it might be that. I mean, I've been sort of keen on having more magnesium in my diet and yeah. magnesium supplements, but whether that's actually the problem or not, I had no idea. But, yeah. You know, it's something I've been trying to do. And it's always nice to, um, <coughs> it's always nice to sleep. Nine hours is a, is that what you, is that your go-to? Is it nine hours a night? That's really good. Yeah. That's yeah. Really good. I mean, I can cope with eight. Yeah. If I get any less than that. Oh, wow. Then Struggling. Yeah, Steve, I, I, I'm currently on six hours a night. <laughs> that's, where, <laughs> that's, that's where I am. Um, you know, the, I think the, the, the joys of a sort of semi-part-time job and then a full-time business um, and, and the stresses <laughs> that come with it, I think, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, six, six hours, I'm good. But I'll tell you one thing that I do. Um, I remove all phones and lights and gadgets away from my bedroom. So when I go to sleep, there is no... There's no, you know, buzzing of phones. We are too, we are too caught up with checking these phones all the time. And I think there's a lot of people, 
Um, and this would be good, actually. I'll get your take on it. Uh, Scotland at the moment is, pre- is prescribing the outdoors for people who are sort of struggling with depression, um, who are uh, diabetics, people trying to lose weight. Um, it's abs- In my eyes, that's absolutely the right way to go because I just feel alive when I'm in the outdoors, regardless really of weather, if I'm honest. I just, I love being in the outdoors. What's, what's your take? Do you think that's the way we should go as a, as a nation? Definitely, yeah. I mean, if for me, if I don't get out, if I sit at home or <coughs> work or stuck in a city, I get really stressed, mm. really hassled. I go out, whether it's a walk, yeah. a run, yeah. a bike, ride, it doesn't really matter. I go out and I feel so much more relaxed. I'm a much better person. Yeah. Um, in fact, my wife makes sure I just go, do, do go out because she knows that <laughs> do you... if, if I don't, then I've become yeah. stressed and horrible. So out I go and then I'm much, much better afterwards. And what, away from sort of uh, running, how else do you decompress? Do you enjoy the mood? <laughs> Do you enjoy the movies or do you go to sort of uh, any sort of theatre, comedy? Is there anything else that you like to do away from running that you, that it's a passion? Uh, probably not. No? <laughs> just getting, but they're really just getting out. So, yeah. I, so if we're not out running and then with the family, I go out for lots of walks and stuff. Yeah. Them. You know, they're not as keen on running, but they all yeah. enjoy going out, out walking <laughs> in the fells. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, so... Favorite, favorite fell, favorite Wainwright. It has to be Venkata. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say. <laughs> so they've got a great stone on top now. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. If it's you... my local one. Yeah, look, it's it, it's brilliant. It's a it's they say don't they? It's a mountaineer's mountain, and it's also it's great for anyone of all abilities and all ages, and um, it's fantastic. And I don't know if how much you're aware of it, but that new stone is almost now becoming its own thing because I get tagged in so many great photos with families, people with dogs, people doing funny poses, sort of brilliant sort of landscape photos. And I just think this is why we sat down and did it because it's given so much more now to a lot of people. Um, In my eyes, it's better than not not having anything there. People are really sort of, you know, I'm seeing things in threads like, this is a this is amazing. I'm going to go next weekend. I've never been up a mountain before. I'm going to go and see it. And you know that's predominantly you know that's that's why we set out to do what we did. And um, again, thanks very much for coming on the day. It was it was brilliant to have your support. Um, and uh, you had a few fans there as well, didn't you? So I saw you signing a few books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot of people I knew. But no, it's great that you've gone ahead and done that. It's great to replace the old one. Yeah, um, to have that stone up on top is brilliant. Do you think, I mean, uh, you know, rest in peace to the old stone. Um, we'll probably never truly know what happened to it, but, you know, the rumours were that it went down the down the fells. And I know you said to me that you've sort of searched, haven't you, in between the gullies, but never found anything um, concrete. So, shame. Yeah, I had a look. I'll have another look, a few, a few more looks. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people go go in those gullies no. and stuff, so <laughs> it could no, easily be there. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, we're absolutely flying flying through this, Stephen. So what we're going to do is I'm going to move on to the to the um, the final part, the the um, the five watts. So um, the first watt, what's the greatest advice you've been given? 
I think just to enjoy enjoy where you are, enjoy being out. If you can get out on the fells, whether it's a walk or yeah. run, just enjoy it because you never know when you're going to be ill yeah. or injured, never going to be out again. And it's crucial just to live for that live for those days being out. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, second, what what's on your bucket list? So either running, family, um, personal work, what whatever it may be. What's what's still left to do? Oh, I'm not sure I've really got a bucket list. I suppose I completed half the way, half the Munro's in Scotland oh, right. with okay. my wife before the kids came along. So right. at some point we've got to go and finish the other half. But probably when enough three or four more years time, when they're a bit older, we can go and start doing some of them again. Would you ever consider something like the Barclay Marathon? Um, if I can get really fit again, yeah. then I would, yeah. Wow. Um, obviously it's hard to get an entry for it but I'm sure I'm sure you would get a pass <laughs> you've got the ped- you've got the pedigree <laughs> but yeah that sort of thing looks you know it looks because it's really rough which suits me because I do like it rough yeah um, and then with navigation involved as well you know yeah it's definitely our cup of tea it looks amazing yeah it does yeah. It's a, uh, the Netflix show is fantastic um, third what what's your toughest day so that can either be running personal or just something that sticks in your mind like a certain day that you think I'm glad I don't have to go for that one again um I guess probably on the Wainwrights the fifth day fifth day when I set off um and absolutely everything hurt and I put on some shoes and they were agony and I walked up Hallin Fell and every step was agony (laughs) and after about halfway up I took off the shoes and threw them down (laughs) I'm pissed off. <laughs> but, right. This is never going to happen. I'm never going to do this. I've walked up to the top with my socks. Right. Wow. Um, I got, got down to where the campground was again and found some more shoes that were slightly less painful. And wow. over the next couple of hours, it got gradually better. Um, yeah, and I thought oh, I can actually do it. But those first two hours were just so painful and so demoralizing because I thought, yeah, <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> wow. That's that's a fair point. Um, uh, the fourth, what? What's your happiest day? Um, I guess family yeah. and personal Fa- families lives. Are, yeah. day, I got, day I got married when the three kids were born. Yeah. Um, they were all, all great days. Um, running wise, when I finished the Wayne Rides, yeah, what? running up all with hundreds of people watching. Oh wow! What was that? Um, what was that like when you knew you were on for the? when you knew you were on for the record and that sort of last two, 300 metres, was that just a, a late, were you, were you, were you enough to enjoy it or were you just exhausted to the point where it didn't really sink in? No, I was happy enough to enjoy it and there were so many people there and it was just an amazing atmosphere and I sort of walked up the steps into the Moot Hall and my wife and kids ah. were there and it was sort of so emotional. Yeah, um, I bet that's, yeah, that's different, isn't it? That's 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 what dreams are made of. That. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, the final what? What's next? What's next on the calendar? What's next on on the tick list? Is there a tick list? I'm not. <laughs> there isn't actually no, because ever since I had this fatigue, mm. I've had like good days and bad days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they're ba- uh, so, I've never really sort of sorted anything out much in advance because I never knew how I'd feel. Yeah. Um, but now I'm sort of better again. Um, 
I'm beginning to sort of think, look further into the future. So there's like a, a mountain marathon in a couple of months' time. I think I'll be doing. Yeah, which where's um, that? So that's a Saunders Lake District mountain marathon. Oh, brilliant! So it's, um, it's two sort of mountain marathon, two marathon days with navigation in between, cool. carrying your kit for overnight. So you've got oh, to carry wow. a tent and all your food. Um, so it's a great two days out on the fells. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably the next thing I'll be doing. Brilliant, um, Stephen. Uh, we've we've absolutely flew through it. Um, I thank you very much for your time. Um, A pleasure. Where, so where people can find you next is at the Keswick Mountain Festival. Um, how? Where else yeah. can people find you if you want? If you want them to find you, um, please feel free <laughs> to plug plug anything you've got coming up or your book uh, or wherever. Yeah, the book, of course. Yeah, there's no map in hell. Of my way, mates. Yes, yeah. I've got to plug that. Um, but yeah, where can um, people get it? Yeah. Where can people get the book? Um, it's on Amazon. Amazon, yeah, um, and all the local yeah. sort of bookshops in the Lake District generally have it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, you'll see me at all the fell races and stuff. Um, I don't hide or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can't hide. No, um, brilliant. Uh, Stephen, look, thanks very much for giving up your time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, tonight's been a pleasure. I'll um, stop it there. And thanks very much for coming on. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's been no, good. No problem. Cheers. Cheers.